Blockchain, crypto, NFTs, DeFi, Metaverse, Web3 is literally eating the world and community builders are the new leaders. Hi everyone, I'm Bilal El Alami, co-founder of Pirates Lab, a startup studio fully dedicated to Web3 startups. I'll give the mic to Web3 builders, founders and investors so that we can deep dive with them into what is truly about Web3 entrepreneurship. No conventional bullshit, only creativity, rebellion and community-driven insight. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in this new episode. Today, we are with Com, co-founder of NFT Paris. Hello, Com. Hi, everyone. How, How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Pretty good. I mean, it's a sunny day in Paris and yeah. the offices look amazing here. Thank you very much. Uh, we're very happy to, uh, to, to have you and to give you a tour. Um, Com, go ahead, introduce, you, introduce yourself a little bit for, for our audience. Yeah, so uh, I'm Com. I'm one of the two co-founders of NFT Paris, which is a conference that happened like for the second time uh, two weeks ago. So this second edition was based in the Grand Palais Ephemer, which is quite a, a nice venue. Iconic uh, venue in Paris. Yeah, iconic venue in front of the Eiffel Tower. And it's pretty special to have like a tech and NFT event there because it's such an insti institution's like culture, art, fashion there. So, uh, I mean, hope it was a huge success. I really enjoyed it. We had like 18,000 people uh, over the two days and really international crowd, people from like luxury, fashion, music, gaming, art. Uh, Amazing. So, yeah. We'll get back to it uh, in, uh, in, a, in a few minutes. Um, but um, before we get into more details, um, tell, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where did you grow up? Yeah, so uh, I'm originally from Lyon is a bit more in the south cultural France. city yeah cultural city like really great food uh, the city is beautiful near the mountains as well so uh, yeah i mean i grew up in lyon i did all of my study in lyon until i joined hec a couple of years ago uh, where i mean it was a great school great network and, and stuff and i really had a chance also to to travel a lot during my studies, so it was pretty cool. And then I joined the entrepreneurship program, uh, where I actually met uh, Alexan, my co-founder, and then the rest is history. Amazing. Um, and um, I still remember the day we met uh, randomly in this plane going to Lisbon yeah, for yeah. the <laughs> non-fungible <laughs> conference. So we, were, like, we were on the place to the NFC in Lisbon, and we had like, Bilal on the left, we had Adrien from Renaissance <laughs> uh, just in front of us, and like, the old plane was kind of where pre-folks... Uh, exactly, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Come, um, <clears throat> tell me more, because um, what, what brought you to, to, to Web3, actually? How yeah. did you end up there? And yeah. I, actually, I, I know a, a few people from your HSC promotion, and, and, and kind of many went into Web3. What happened this year at HSC? Yeah, there was a great dynamic there. Uh, basically, my journey into Web3 was quite long. Uh, like originally I'm really into culture, art, I do a lot of photography and I was always like really interested in creative industries and like when I was younger I, like I did <laughs> uh, short movies and a lot of photographies and stuff so okay. I was really into this cultural background and then uh, with the COVID I was more into it like with uh, going deeper and deeper into photography and also crypto <laughs> because I had a lot <laughs> of time to, to spend so I started with crypto, did a long time with like, crypto, and then I actually heard about NFTs, but without really going into NFTs until I met uh, Alexander, 
who was really deep, deep, deep into uh, NFTs at the time. And so throughout this whole process, I went like from like traditional cultural, I would say, activities, and then more and more into Web3. And I really entered this space, particularly like through culture and not through like the tech aspect of it. So Interesting. And what about the entrepreneurship adventure? Is there someone inspired you? Or did you always wanted to become an entrepreneur? Um, where, where, did, where did this come from? Yeah, so I've always been fascinated by entrepreneurship and like people that build something and that dedicate their like whole life and not whole life, but like <laughs> uh, really like uh, all energy into this. And I would say I was always inspired by uh, my grandmother who had like a, an entrepreneur at the time and still is like she's uh, 86 years old now. Wow. She's still working. What like has she six, been doing? Uh, six days a, a week. Uh, she like she created kind of a brand for kids' shoes in okay. Lyon, and she okay. has like several shops uh, throughout Lyon, and it's pretty successful. So okay. it's always nice. been a model like of uh, determination and like perseverance. So I would say that she was the one inspired that inspired me uh, throughout the journey into entrepreneurship. Super, super interesting. And um, apart family members, um, I don't know, maybe at HEC or after. Did you, do you re recognize someone as your mentor or is there someone who helped you a lot in the beginning of NFT Paris to really, uh, you know, put the inertia of the, of the brand and, and the event? Yeah, so I've, I've not, like, I don't have like a specific mentors in mind, but I've, throughout like the journey, I always have people, had people like helping me, uh, did, like a lot of uh, internship also in the past and throughout this process, I had like uh, several mentors, people that were like, founders, people that were more advisors and stuff. So I, like I did a lot of things. I started with a venture capitalist, um, people then like more into FinTech and then more into like Web3 uh, at like now. Uh, so yeah, I have kind of priority of people helping me uh, in a day-to-day -day basis. All right. And how would you describe the origin of your, of your project? Yeah. So the origin is pretty funny because we, like I say, I met Alexander in the entrepreneurship program uh, at HEC and we really wanted to build something together around NFTs, but we had like no clue what to build basically <laughs> and we didn't know that many people at the time into the ecosystem and we thought, okay, so the best way to meet a lot of people really fast and to learn a lot of things is like to connect people and to do small meetups and then a bigger, like more institutional event, I would say. And so we started this, like we a meetup I think it was in a kind of a, in a shady bar in the center <laughs> of Paris, which was pretty funny because we had a lot of people coming and it was like the beginning of the, where people like talked the a NFT lot in Paris so. and, and stuff like that. So uh, it was before the NFT factory. It was around the time where like uh, full of the, the auction at her like auction house. Basically. Yeah. So it was pretty funny to see all of this energy in Paris. So we started with this meetup, we did a second one. And we decided to do like a bigger event um, at Station F. So it was in January 2022. Uh, and so we started working on this first edition, meeting a lot of people, uh, talking to like all the leaders, both in France and like more in Europe. So we had like people from Sandbox, from Ledger, RNE, basically like the leaders of uh, Web3 that are French people. So it was pretty convenient that way. And I mean, the first edition was pretty, pretty cool. Like we had around 1000 people coming and it was only one day station it was it was amazing cool. it was a, yeah it was really amazing to see everything that we worked on like 
brought to life basically uh, on this day. And after this edition, we say, okay, so <laughs> we wanted to build something, but what we didn't anticipate that was like we would end up like event producers mm. and really enjoyed like producing <laughs> the event. So what we wanted to build became like NFT Paris, basically. Amazing. And um, how would you describe the value proposition of NFT Paris? Yeah, so I, I think we, from the beginning, we had like this straight vision for NFT Paris, not to be a tech uh, conference, not to be another crypto conference, but to be like a cultural conference, cultural event that will bring like not only devs, but uh, really like more uh, people from creative industries. So be it like art, gaming, luxury, fashion, music, entertainment, uh, name it. But we really had this strong focus to have something creative and to like kind of put a higher standard in terms of uh, production value and really content on site. So when we worked on NFT Paris, we had like this straight vision. We took like a artistic director to help us with the overall like look and feel of the event. We like put really high standard in terms of curation as well for the speakers to really gather all the pioneers of the space and not to have like a plurality of stage, but to have a really like one main stage where you have all the leaders of the space coming. So I would say like it's really the pro like the value proposition is really got curation, quality and creativity. Super interesting. So yeah, I was saying, I still remember the first edition. Um, it was it was amazing in terms of vibe. Um, it was, I don't think you could have organized that at a better moment. Yeah. And uh, how long did it take you to organize the first one? The first one, it took us uh, four months, but it was pretty short and like the team was really narrow. So it was a bit like erratic and during the actual conference, we were like running from one booth to another to fix the technical problems. And we <laughs> thought that for the second edition, it wouldn't be like that uh, because like we grew the team. We took like a production agency to help us with the venue because like the Grand Palais it's not at all the same deal yeah. as a Station F in terms of event production as well. Uh, so we grew the team and like obviously like the D-Day also for the second edition, it was quite uh, challenging because you had like to go from one place to another. So it, was yeah, <laughs> it was pretty big. And, and so you, you, you went from um, a 1,000 person event to an 1,800,000 yeah. uh, 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 person event. Yeah. Um, that's quite amazing. In this first event, I pretty much knew everyone. In this new event, I pretty much knew, knew nobody. Um, how would you describe your, your, your community and, and the angle of the creative industry is showing that you're able to touch a much broader audience. So um, how would you describe your, your community? Yeah, uh, I think the NFT Paris community is quite incredible because of this diversity. Uh, what we really put a focus on was to have people like from all of these different creative industries, so art, gaming, luxury, fashion, uh, as I mentioned. And, and it was pretty cool to have all these different personalities and as well, it was kind of reflected also in the way people dressed, in the way people looked. And like, it was pretty fun to see people from the Grand Palais uh, facing like people from digital fashion, for example. Yeah. Like you have like this, like high institutions, uh, really like classy people, facing like, uh, I don't know, people like from the Institute of Digital Fashion. I don't know if you encountered yeah. them, like Leanne, she's a really tall blonde girl and she looks amazing. Like they all had really crazy looks. And it was really funny to have like this kind of 
cultural clash between all these different players. And yeah, I mean, like from 1,000 to 18,000, we went really more international as well. So it explains that uh, a lot of people were not like uh, familiar. Uh, also, I had a hard time finding the people I met uh, before, and you have like so many faces coming to you. Yeah. So it's quite challenging during the D Day. Uh. But that's what we like. <laughs> yeah, but that's what we like. I mean. And so, yeah, from 1,000 to 18,000 people, that's quite a big growth. Um, what's, what's next? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even more people, but we are aware that we need to fix some operational stuff. But uh, yeah, it was like a. 1,000 to 18,000 over two days. Now we're working on the third edition uh, at the, the Grand Palais Temer as well. Uh, we're looking into different options, either like doing a third day or like using really the entire space because like we had like storage spaces uh, throughout the venue. So to really optimize the space to have like a more amazing experience on site, you know, like a really more, I would say, a pleasant experience for attendees as well. And you brought the, the first lady of France. Yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit more about that. <laughs> that was amazing. Like uh, three days before the event, I received uh, an email from like... Uh, her cabinet? Uh, yeah, her cabinet her secretary. And, and she was like, okay, uh, Brigitte Macron wants to come to NFT Paris and would love for you to do a tour. And I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> amazing. And Brigitte come. And it was really, really amazing. Like really high moment for, for me for the conference. Uh, and she's super sweet and she was really here to learn and to meet people so it was really yeah really amazing to have her and we have other officials like the minister of culture the minister of digital transformation so it's really inspi inspiring to have like this french ecosystem which is really dynamic and active and really like leading the way internationally and also to have like this politics that want to get involved in the ecosystem yeah and understand and support which is yeah. like a um, a good way of showing interest. Yeah. And um, what did interest her the most? Is it like digital fashion, art? Did she buy an NFT? Yeah, that's still in the process. Uh, we did like several booths. We did r &E, we did Code Green, super rare. And then we finished with Tom Sachs. And actually Tom Sachs was the, was really funny because like, I don't know if he was acting or not, but like he, he sat her uh, in front of him, like Tom Sachs had this huge art installation where you had like an interview with uh, someone from his team to access like the mothership and his okay. space program. So it was pretty fun. And she, so she was sitting in front of Tom Sachs and he was like taking notes in her, okay, what's your first name? Bridget. And like he spent uh, at least like five minutes spelling Bridget wrong. <laughs> and so it's quite, quite funny. And after uh, last name and she was Macron and it was oh you mean like Emmanuel <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really funny and at the end like you had a uh, membership card with like a photo and it was like on the whole uh, wall LED wall yeah and like uh, everyone in the conference was around like uh, Tom Sachs booth at the time and so everyone clapped when you had like the big face of Brigitte uh, <laughs> on the LED wall so it was pretty funny amazing and did someone NFT his fa her face or did what? Someone made an NFT of her face? Ah, or? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll check. <laughs> um, um, so, um, since your, 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 your main objective is to, is, is to understand Web3 through a cultural and a, and a lifestyle um, and, and an artistic um, standpoint, um, did you have brands coming into NFT Paris and what were they showing? Yeah, so that was one of our main 
focus for this year was to bring a lot of brands because we think like the the value also on the long term is with like the collaboration with brands and how these brands will use the technology to make it more mundane and to have like people using the technology without knowing they're using the technology on their daily life. So we had a lot of brands. We had like people from uh, Chanel, we had people from L'Oreal, people from uh, Playboy as well, and they all using like the technology in different ways, which is quite interesting. Like, um, yeah. what is Playboy doing? <laughs> yeah, Playboy did like a really community-centric uh, initiative, but, and actually they were one of the first brands that are that used the technology, the NFT technology, and it was like a. Uh, having like a membership program with like old uh, Playboy covers, for example, and okay. kind of, kind of, uh, not the same, but uh, how the time did it uh, with time pieces. It All right. Cool. Um, let's get back a little bit on on yourself and your journey to to Web three. Um, in the beginning, what did you find hard in this ecosystem? Is it like to understand the technology? Is it to meet with the people? What did you find hard in in the yeah, I, I mean, it's really easy to meet a lot of people really quickly. Uh, that's, like, I think the main point about this ecosystem is that it's Very all well about coming. community and yeah. everyone wants to meet <laughs> everyone else, so it's pretty cool. Uh, what's kind of art, I think, uh, it's because, like, it's blockchain and, like, we don't have a product, but we also feel this, uh, this at our level, is that you're, like, building publicly. So <laughs> everything you do is kind of public uh, when you, like, when you do a, a PFP project, for example, everything is public. You have to deliver on a daily basis mm. because everyone kind of is expecting, is, is expecting you to deliver. So that's quite challenging to have like this daily pressure from everyone. Not only like in I, I would say like in traditional businesses, you have like your investors and then like you deliver a product to uh, your clients, but they don't like have they have feedbacks, but they don't. They're not part of the project yeah, itself. They're not like stakeholders. Here, yeah, here you have like your whole community being like stakeholders of your project. So <laughs> it's kind of challenging to have. Uh, True. To have this. And um, is there some technical concepts that you find hard to grasp? Specifically. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not the I'm not the most technical person. Like I said, I, I didn't enter like the web free space through technology, although I'm really interested, in, I was interested in the NFT technology, but I entered it through like the culture side. So a lot of time, like I ended up in conversations with people and they were telling me about the new standard in ERC yeah. that they, they saw in Denver. I was okay, I have to look into this because <laughs> Because people are telling me that stuff, and I don't understand. So. And 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 on the I don't know the cultural aspect of of Web three. Are they like codes that you um, took time to understand, or uh, I mean the community aspect is 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 yeah. is pretty cornerstone, and 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 people who are I mean open minded, they they reach out, and it's easy to 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 discuss and and to and to connect with communities, but yeah. is there anything else? Yeah, I mean, for artists, I think in, in the web space, if you want like to do art in the web space, it's all about constantly sharing like uh, your content, sharing with your community, having like discussion with them, having Twitter spaces versus like when you were like in a more traditional sense, it was more like processed, I would say. So you do your art and then you, do, you go to a gallery or auction house and like it kind of spraying 
slower, like you, the the momentum around like our artwork could spray slower. Here, like you do an NFT and then you go to Twitter and you say, hey, look at my latest artworks and like it can go viral in, <laughs> in 10 minutes. <laughs> True. Uh, I remember going viral during the first edition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, the Dogami Exclusible activation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what what kind of growth tactic did you use to bring in like 18,000 people? Yeah, so from the beginning, what we knew after the first edition is that if we wanted to go really, really big, we had to surround ourselves with like the best. So we took advisors, we took ambassadors that were helping us like with the vision, with the connections, with like the partnerships and everything basically. Uh, because like we had a, yeah, we knew that if we wanted to go big, we had to, to have help. And so we had a lot of people from uh, Pierre-Nicolas from RNE, Vanessa Grelet from like Agla Ventures now, but she's no everyone like <laughs> in the crypto space. Uh, she was like at the really beginning of uh, consensus. So it's quite a large network. And so through like these ambassadors, through these advisors, we were able to kind of reach uh, on a more international scope because we, like for the first edition, we had like a lot of international players, but it was like really smaller. And yeah. like when we were to talk to like big brands or big uh, like web three companies, they, they haven't heard of NFT Paris from the first edition. So okay. I would say like one advice, uh, get advices and help. Yeah. No, of course, uh, like Steve Jobs was saying, ask, don't hesitate to ask for help. Yeah. Um, and um, on the more operational side of the event, um, do you have some speakers who ask some weird stuff or wanted you to pay them a jet or something? Is there some funny <laughs> stories? No, I mean, uh, we had like some pretty demanding uh, speakers because like we had like some really rock stars from the space, but no one was like, okay, I need to come with a jet or <laughs> I need to have like, I don't know, an entire room with uh, Gregus and stuff like that. It wasn't <laughs> like that. No, no, no. I mean, no, it was pretty fun. Like, we really had, like, really great speakers uh, from the founders of MoonPay, Artblock, SuperRare, to, like, major artists, to collectors like Gmoney, for example. So it was pretty cool to have. The installations were, were amazing. Yeah, thanks. The art installations were, were, yeah. were really crazy. And what, what was your favorite one, actually? Um, the one where you sit down and it draws oh, your yeah. ass. <laughs> it <laughs> was a funny one. Um, the space, uh, the space shuttle stuff uh, just in front of the VIP corner yeah. was funny. Um, obviously, between lines, um, um, hey, it was pretty cool. Place was uh, was nice with the 3D printers. Um, the what was the name of the Aka? Uh, Murakami. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I Aika with Aika, the yeah. robotic arm. Exactly, with yeah. the robotic arm was also very impressive, and the girls were really, really nice there. Yeah, um, yeah otherwise, yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun. Even at the entrance, there were a lot of, uh, of funny stands, um, and obviously people were super welcoming. I, the vibe was crazy. I really, I really, I, I do that for, for this, this type of feeling, you know, yeah. where, where everybody is happy and feel we are having an impact and doing yeah. something, uh, um, I, I don't want to say historic, but um, kind of it's cornerstone in what's going to happen next. And I think yeah. it was a success because everybody, well, nobody expected that, that much people. And, um, and when you see that you are guys are capable of bringing that much people, then people will say, okay, then we can all bring that much people and yeah. it will create a new inertia in the, in the ecosystem and that's uh, that's amazing
Um, is, there, is there a couple of stuff that uh, you learned from the first event? Um, and, and what did you learn from the second event to make the third one better? Yeah, I mean, the, the main lessons are really on the operational side, like uh, having a registration system that works better, having like less queue at the entrance, having like a larger main stage. That was one of the, the big things. Like at the beginning, we had like this plan to have a really huge main stage on one of the, in one of the aisles of the, of the venue. And then like about a month before the event, we decided, okay, let's move the main stage upstairs because you have like this amazing crazy view, view of the Eiffel <laughs> Tower and it's going to be like amazing pictures for speakers and stuff. So it was kind of trade-off that uh, we decided and looking back, it was cool for the pictures, but like for the attendees uh, experience, it was less uh, impactful. Yeah. Um, so it's really into the impersonal, like having more Wi-Fi. But did you expect that much people? Like we, and you sold the ticket, so you yeah, we sold the ticket. But what we didn't expect is that everyone would come at 9:30 on the first morning. <laughs> <laughs> and like the Grand Palais, like the Grand Palais actually told us that it was insane. And like from the history of the Grand Palais, they've never seen this like large crowd uh, coming like uh, at the really beginning of the conference and then staying the entire day and then coming back on the second day at <laughs> 9:30. And staying the whole day, and like it was crazy. Like the, like the first panel, second day was at nine forty-five, and like the room was already crowded. Crowded, like and people <laughs> actually because we had like this issue with like the number of seats in the main stage. People came really early to sit, and then they didn't move from <laughs> the day. So <laughs> it was a bit frustrating for people wanting to come because like. Like, yeah. <laughs> but you had a couple of screens. You could you could watch the the, yeah, the yeah. talks. I mean, you could watch from from the inside of the venue because we had like uh, retransmissions through like LED screens. But it's not the same like to have these parents with like the Eiffel Tower and the speaker just in front of you. Cool. And um, so now that you are in event planning and event organization, um, what 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 do you do to yourself to improve? Um, is I don't know, are there books of famous people who organize the biggest venues uh, in the US that inspires you? Or where do you learn to make yourself better? Uh, I mean, still uh, with people advising us and people like, yeah, people advising and helping us. Like we had uh, different contacts with people from Web Summit, for example, or this kind of really huge conferences, people from Art Basel, which is also kind of a, yeah. a different model. but still relevant. So working on the advices and feedbacks from people from this kind of big, big, big intentional gatherings, it's really helpful to grow and to aim at becoming something like that. Yeah, I agree. I was at our Basel and it was crazy. Yeah. You, uh, did, uh, you did Paris, Miami or? Miami, Miami. in December. Yeah. Okay. Early December. Yeah, it looked crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was impressive. It's the American way, like huge. Yeah. It's infinite. Like the. <laughs> The main venue of the, uh, yeah, I was working for an hour and I didn't arrive at the end. <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's really big and uh, a lot of side events and like big organization. But we had a, a good time with my friend Mo from Ledger. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so some of the last questions, but who, who, who do you follow on Twitter? Do you have alerts on, on someone? Who are the most interesting people that you follow on Twitter? Uh, follow a lot of people on Twitter, actually. Uh, I really, yeah, I mean, like on the art side, uh, 
I really follow like uh, Agoria, which is one of yeah. my friends as well. I love because him. Because I really love him, yeah, love, his, yeah. <laughs> love his personality and love his heart. Uh, he went viral with his talk yeah. at the Paris, yeah. like, <laughs> where he, he sat on someone's lap. It was <laughs> really funny. Uh, so yeah, a lot of artists, a lot of uh, people from like also kind of uh, web photography. So Nissan Ariman, which was uh, who was uh, at NFT Paris, uh, was like an amazing photographer. Uh, Nathalie Ambrosi, Nisatan, like these kind of people, uh, really more into art. And, okay. Uh, and except from art? Except from art, uh, uh, a lot of founders also, like uh, Ivan from Moonpay, um, uh, Matt Medved from NFT Now. All, basically all the lineup uh, okay. of NFT Paris, Paris. Okay. <laughs> so you can just get the lineup and, yeah, and, yeah. and follow uh, and, and follow everyone. These are, these are really cool <coughs> people to follow. Do you have um, do you have a daily routine that you put to yourself? Because you guys work for one year for two days. Yeah. So how do you structure yourself during ninety eight percent of the year, and 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 what are the routines you know to to make sure you're on track? Uh, you, you're, you're not too late, you're delivering at the right pace. Yeah, so you always have like objectives, like time objectives, like okay, in three months we should have like 20 partners and it should be like this amount like of sponsorship and we should have like at least three panels that are ready. But it's, <laughs> it's never always, happens yeah, like it plan. never happens like that. Like it's kind of doing like a business plan, it never happened like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's always like putting yourself objectives like to have like uh, by this date uh, to have like top at least like five top speakers to announce at least five top sponsors your to announce. communication was amazing oh, thanks so like it was uh, just what you need and you know very efficient yeah we try to do as I mentioned something creative and created so to have like even for the trailers and for the communication to have something really aesthetic and artistic and not to have too many communication as well, not to have like a uh, corporate promotional business event mm. that's pushing like... Uh, it was amazing, man. it was like under-announcement and over-delivering. So, <laughs> so that's <laughs> that was the, the Ugalab, uh, the Ugalab uh, method. <laughs> yeah. um, I have a small ritual when I, uh, when I finish the, the, the podcast. I have a list of, uh, of, of funny questions. Yeah. Um, um, I'm going <laughs> to select this one for you. Um, do you think that sentient aliens have pets? Sentient aliens? Yeah, like aliens that thinks. If they have pets? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Maybe they have a dogami then. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Com. Uh, thank, thanks for, for your time. Thank you guys for, for listening. I really enjoyed this, uh, this moment with you. Um, if you want to join our community, check our Discord. Um, and don't forget to follow us on our podcast. Cheers. Thanks so much. Bye.